Off top, when bees find a food or pollen source, they return to their hives and then perform a funny little dance to signal to the other bees that they found it. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. It's like a waggle, they said. It's like a waggle dance. When I see waggle, I think of a football play, but I don't know. I haven't seen this dance. I need to Google the dances. Uh, Charlie, can you dance? Are you going to be dancing at this concert I, that you're going to? I was to? giving you some shoulders. I, that's, that's, a, that's all you can see in the, the frame. Classic Tony Kornheiser. Yeah, um, the penguin, penguin dance. dance. So if you're not following this on YouTube, you're just listening, then you are missing this modern technical marvel where we have robot Charlie in studio. The first time we are not in the same place in a long time. It looks great, though. It makes me sad. Um <laughs> But I, I, I'll, I'll adjust. You had to okay. travel. I, you had to travel. You had things to do. It's fine. You're important. It, it's true. I had to leave you, my work wife, to take my <laughs> fiance to New Jersey, and so we are. I am in my sister-in-law's bedroom, nice. um, surrounded by plush stuffed Jack Russell terriers and all of her various degrees. <laughs> all right. Um, I saw you put out a new, uh, a new thumbnail for our show, where it is no longer my show; it is now your show. You're getting full of yourself, going on vacation in the middle of a, pr- a recording time, <laughs> all types of stuff. Big time, Charlie. Charlie, big time. How dare I go and enjoy my Memorial Day weekend with my family and loved ones? That is not the culture of this show. This is a, a coal mine is the That's culture right. of this show. There's there's no next man up in this show. It's just <laughs> me and you. And if it's without that, we are just sinking to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, man. I was really just guiding you towards telling the people about the concert that you're going to oh, so yeah. that I can judge you. But we don't have to. No, I'm going to the Eras tour. I'm going to see Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium. And it's it's hilarious. Um my fiance and her sister are going to the concert with a bunch of their girlfriends. I wasn't invited. I was oh, hold like, on, time out, time, I was, out, time out, time out. We're going to be talking about a lot of football coming up here real soon. Roses and thorns eventually. Also, time in Charlie. Okay, uh, I was jokingly devastated, being like, "How could you not invite me to this Taylor <laughs> Swift concert?" And then I got a call about a week ago from my friend, who's six foot seven, two hundred ninety pounds, former pitcher for, for the Blue Jays organization. He's like, "Buddy, how do you want to do?" how do you feel about going to Taylor Swift next week? And I was like, yes. He's like, how do you like, how would you like to feel? How would you feel if you were in a box uh, with catered uh, food and drinks at Taylor Swift? And I was like, even better. And then I was like, you know what, Carrie, eat it. Have fun in, in gen pop. I'm going to be in a box enjoying myself. You know what? I have unlimited access to the bathroom. You know what you have? Being at a concert that's 80% women where you're going to be in line the entire time. That sounds fun. Um, uh, my wife, I didn't realize that she's gone to all of the Beyonce concerts, all the Beyonce mm. tours. And so obviously there's another one coming up. And the last couple ones, she asked me that I want to go. I'm like, absolutely <laughs> not. Like with you and your friends, that'd be the one dude. Like, no, I'm, I'll, I'll pass. And also like, I don't know. I was, uh, whatever. All right. Football. Have I, told you, have I told you that I don't like live music? What? Yeah, I much prefer not live music. You just want it done right. You don't want all this. Uh, I want it done right. And like, there's nothing worse. And I guess, I guess I should say like at the highest level where performers can uh, yeah. add some, some verve, some voof to their performances, <laughs> maybe it's worth it. But like, is there anything worse than just hearing someone who sort of sucks up on stage? Like I went yeah. to, I went to college in Nashville and you have all these people who think that they're oh, like yeah. the next rock stars and you get up there and you're just like, oh, yeah. just put up. 
just put on the recorded version. Spare us. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So, like, I, I'm fine with going to a concert, but live music is always bad. I've never been. Yeah. And I guess it's also because the type of music I like, the music that I grew up on, the music that I want to listen to. You don't just walk into restaurants and have people spitting bars about moving bricks and fighting. Like, it's just not what happens. You walk in right. and there's some guy at a piano or with an acoustic guitar singing about his heartbreak. I'm like, man, shut up. You're not good. Be quiet. I want to eat. A hundred percent. And the other thing is, I feel like there's live music. You feel compelled to that. You have to dance. Clap. It's like, what if I, I don't? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to. I'm good. I'm good. I, I want mixtape Wayne. That's it's just not. It's be weird if you walk into a restaurant and somebody's in there just rapping about how much better than everybody else they are. Now, now that's a restaurant I go to. I dance with mm. that. What if there was just a series of bars called the Droughts, and they like just play different Wayne <laughs> mixtapes at each one of them? I'm down with that. I like that uh, dedication. The the um mm. the dessert. Yeah, we call it a dessert dedication. All right, this is way too much like milling about before we get to actual talk about sports stuff. So. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we'll get to the NBA Finals at some point, but since we have a little lull before the NBA Finals, I figure we squeeze in some football topics that I've been interested in. And the two things that are floating around right now, they may be connected, but they aren't connected just yet. DeAndre Hopkins got released. Where is he going to end up? The receiver from the Cardinals. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is apparently considering... Uh, team-friendly contract, which, like, that was the headline. You read the story. It doesn't sound quite as serious. We can start there, I guess, because I find it interesting. You know me, and I think of my various catchphrases, I'm a union guy is one that I come to often. And I was thinking about this. As a union guy, I always want to see the numbers go up for players all the time, but they're, like, a floor in the salary cap that needs to be spent. So while I'm always arguing for players to get more and more money you kind of don't have to because the money is going to go to the players at some point that, that floor wasn't always there so like to argue to negotiate or yeah to negotiate as a player for more money just meant more money that was actually going out to the player so that's one thing but also Mahomes he did acknowledge that while he's going to while he, he's willing to consider a team-friendly deal he recognizes that he has a responsibility to his fellow quarterbacks to keep 
keep pushing the bar higher, which, like, I respect that. Patrick Mahomes has done no wrong ever in the history of his professional career, as far as I'm concerned. I was about to say, this is, like, what got to be one of the great conflicts in your heart because your beloved Patrick. <sighs> He's so great. Um, and also the, you know, your union stuff. But my take on this is, do you think this is a little bit strategic? He waited until after Jalen Hurts and Lamar got their deal to come out and say this, being like, I will take a team-friendly deal at this point. Yeah, I mean, so it's strategic, but I guess if if it were strategic, then what's he doing to Herbert and Burrow? Because they made it clear, Brett Veach, the GM, made it clear that they're waiting till after Herbert and Burrow they, signed their deal. They date. got the contractual com- complexion for protection. <laughs> yeah, Patrick knows that. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, there would have been a different amount of pressure on Lamar Jackson's negotiations and um, Jalen Hurts' contract and negotiations if floating around in the world while they're negotiating is, you know what, the best quarterback in the league said. And obviously this keeps coming up the comparison to Tom Brady always taking team-friendly deals. And the implication in that is that he chose winning over money. And then in the long run, he's obviously going to benefit from having making that choice. However, there's really no evidence that the team-friendly deals that he took like, were used to bring in players that made a huge difference. He just took team-friendly deals because he's a nice guy. So there's two ways to talk about I mean, I'm being sarcastic, but there's two ways <laughs> to talk about this is like – as an investment strategy, I'm not sure that I like it because then you have to go and win uh, three Super Bowls, I guess. What well, I don't know how many Super Bowls you have to win for it to be worth it on the back end financially for you to take a team friendly deal in a sport that is highly like random in, in ways because a single elimination tournament and it's violent as hell. So people get hurt. And so it just feels like. It's not as guaranteed a bet. Like, I'd, I'd understand the argument for taking less money if you were like, you know what? That means we get to bring Kevin Durant in here uh, to the Warriors. All right. Yeah, we're going to win a couple of championships. It's going to be worth it. What do you think? I don't think it's that as random as 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 you do. And I say that because, like, they've been in the final four every single year that Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback of the Chiefs. So, like, they're operating and he's operating on the fact that he is one of the two best quarterbacks to ever play the position. And they'll be in a position in the final four teams to win a Super Bowl every single year. So the margins are the difference. Like the year that they didn't have an offensive line um, yeah. was the difference. This this year, even it even being close was because they were lacking skill position talent that they could have had if they had more cap flexibility or if they had managed the roster slightly better. So for Mahomes, the stakes are different because we've seen with Brady, the money that you make on the back end when you are, you're not just a star, like you're like a generational icon. To him, the contract is almost less important because we there might be a point when he's more of an employee of his own brand and the sponsorships that go with that than he is of the Chiefs. So you're refuting my point and proving it at the same time yeah. yes. because the offensive line wasn't bad at the start of the season. The offensive right. line got really injured. And in football, that can happen. And this year, I think, was their worst like roster that they've had since Patrick Mahomes has been there, which is an argument for it don't matter. Take all the money you can. <laughs> like you have proven that you can put together a top tier offense uh, with, I don't know, with Patrick or was about to say Patrick Kelsey with uh, Travis Kelsey and some dudes on outside Scantlin, uh, commonly or often injured uh, Kadarius Tony. And like, yeah, like they, he made it happen. So I think you could argue that it doesn't necessarily matter. So the the financial point, 
I mean, I guess it depends on what you're optimizing for. And we had this conversation earlier. Like, I, I, I had a hard time focusing today because, like, there's a bunch of stuff happening. More emotional morning than I had anticipated, thanks to both of our friends. But either way, a positive emotional morning. But either way, it's hard for me to start thinking about how much money is enough money. When <laughs> when you're talking about like optimizing his career and optimizing his happiness. So you could argue that optimizing happiness is dominating and right. taking less money would optimize that. And he's probably already got enough money and he'll certainly be able to make even more money going forward. But I'm shocked at you because you're the same one. I use Kevin Durant as the example intentionally because you're the same one that thinks that Kevin Durant ruined basketball for a few it's different years. different with football. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's. I don't think. Okay, it, so how low a contract would you have to? How low would you have to go contract wise for um you to be offended about what advantages Patrick Mahomes may have created for himself? I'm tr- I'm trying to put it this way. It's, it'd be like if you could put Patrick Mahomes on the same team as Joe Burrow, and they could, and their value would double. Then I would be offended by Patrick Mahomes taking less money to do that. It's just so like, there is no number. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, there's no number. He there's could no take the num- minimum. He could take the league minimum. Yes. With and you would not be upset by that. Team guy. You and okay, so then they take the league minimum because I was not offended by Kevin Durant, and I always kind of fought against anybody who said that he ruined the league. But I admitted to you last week on Debatable, yeah. one of the other shows that we do, that um. I accept that maybe, although I can't prove it, maybe the league would have been better and more fun if Kevin Durant didn't do that. Certainly would have been more competitive. So forget if there is no number low enough, how many championships or Super Bowls would Patrick Mahomes have to win before you will be like, ah, man, you know what? It really ruined things. It ain't fun anymore. Because you're arguing that the competition, the competitive, the unpredictable nature of it is what you like. So let's see they win they win the next three championships after he signs a new deal. You will be like, oh cool. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like Jason, they sign he's, he's Brady. He signs Great. he signs uh I don't know uh, let's go. Michael Parsons with the excess money and Michael Parsons takes less. He goes and gets Justin Jefferson when he's a free agent and he builds up. Is there a, is there any NFL super team that would offend you or just because of this, it's no. this sport that you would it's, never be offended by? It's the sport. It's not like there's exponential value of stacking superstars in basketball that doesn't exist in football. And in like that position can, is the value of a Kevin Durant, a Steph Curry, LeBron James is only matched by the value of a quarterback in football. And you can't play two of them at once. So there's no way to stack the deck that's that's equivalent to that. Because So there's no way. So, okay. Because he was joining a better player's team that was already the best, that, that was already like the best regular season team of all time. And like a, a Steph Curry fluke slipped on the floor, Draymond Green punching the nuts away from being back-to-back champs. So it's like, it's just different. Okay, so he was joining a better team, not joining a better player. That's an argument for another day. Uh, however, yeah, not an argument. it's impossible for you to say that there is no equivalent. So you're saying that a quarterback is worth more than the entire roster altogether. You can't put together... 20 okay. you can't You're put right. together Maybe 21 you... other players to be equivalent to adding Kevin Durant to uh the Warriors. That's okay, absurd. So I guess I guess if the difference in salary is the equivalent of Aaron Donald, Micah Parsons, Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. There's there's my so number. So that's that's it's, all that's of them the would get you to the value of a quarterback, of a great quarterback. I think it would get you the value of adding Kevin Durant to the Warriors, adding those four. And 
would you then be offended by that? Or because of the violence or the, the randomness, or is there something, what about this game makes it less offensive or is it fewer games? He's not switching teams to do it. Not switching teams to do it. They would all have to switch teams to get on the. No, no, no. But like, it wouldn't offend me about Mahomes because he's oh. not the one switching teams oh, to do it. Okay. This is this is like the Dwayne Wade paradox where he got no shit for LeBron going to the Heat because he didn't switch teams. Um, where it's like Mahomes is he's protected. He's the homegrown guy where he's just trying to help his organization win. And yeah, I that it's funny because that's the part that's offensive to me. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm just telling you, this is like know, how I my brain it. works. I, I know that your brain is probably more normal. Uh, or, I mean, normal is the wrong word, but more aligned with the fans way of thinking than mine. But having been in negotiations with organizations, having watched them cut my friends and having to watch them just completely discard Hall of Fame players as soon as their value is declined and not watch their back. What I what does not resonate with me is treating these teams any differently than you would treat a company that you work for. So imagine that you had a job, anybody, and you went into work and they were like, all right, it's, it's raise time. And I, in order to make this Starbucks, the best Starbucks possible, we can't afford to continue to pay you this much money. So you take a little less than you are actually worth. So we can be the best Starbucks in all the Starbucks. But you know what? At the top, we still getting our money. We are not getting any less. And that's what's expensive to me. And I understand the reasons why it's up there, but just the idea of being like, I want to help out my organization. This is where you're losing people because me. you're you're comparing these guys who are making tens of millions of dollars to people who are making that baristas at Starbucks. I know it's a principle, but this okay. is like this is where it loses people though because it's like, how can I feel bad for this person that's making ten x of? And, and I know it's they're better at their job than no 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 than, no 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 are, no. We don't need like to a, get into that. I am not looking for sympathy. I never wanted to make anybody feel bad. I was explaining the principle of it. Not oh no, that you, you, should feel, you should feel you're sorry. right, but you're going to emotionally lose people with that because it's like the differences are are too practical, even if it's a one to one comparison. Okay, well, either way, I guess the point is for me is these organizations are teams. And I guess what I don't like about it is like, I love and appreciate that people are so emotionally connected to these teams mm -hmm. because I can get on here and get paid to talk about sports or I can play football and get paid for it. It's because of that emotional connection. So I guess I can't have one without the other, but I can acknowledge that I need that emotional connection to stop when we start talking about business because it's frustrating to have people uh, have expectations that because the fans are like, yeah, you're going to do this for us, us, we, us. The teams don't care about you either. They like that's yes, the thing that is frustrating to me, I think. It's, so I think there's there's layers to this. Enlighten me. It, okay. One, like teams are the last cool brands like in the world. Like think about this, like wearables. I'm not wearing like a, a like I don't know. I'm not wearing a Dominique Foxworth t-shirt because we're not a cool enough brand yet. I'm but like people will wear NFL stuff, their favorite team stuff right. ever. It's a, it, and that emotional investment, that buying tickets, that obsession. That's the driver of these TV deals. That's like a huge part of it. So like that emotional obsession is a huge part of why the league is so valuable. Oh, yeah. I, I said that when I was like, I don't disagree with it. I appreciate it. I know the values there. I guess more than trying to convince you is trying to explain 
And like, I, I, I get it. Like there's that same loyalty is not there for a Starbucks. And that makes sense. Like if you were walking down the street, you'd be willing to go to an, a, a, a rival coffee shop just because it was convenient, but mm, you are like not coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that a couple of times, but you would not put, if you're a chiefs fan, you're not going to put on a Broncos Jersey just because you out of shirts, you are more likely to walk down the street shirtless. So like, I get it. And I value the emotional um, connection. I'm just pointing out that what comes with that is something that is also annoying and irritating. I was having a conversation, another conversation, pre-show conversation, just about unions and stuff and saying how quarterbacks before the show. Oh yeah. You knew all this stuff was getting in the show, Charlie, when I told oh, you I that this morning, this morning you. was, was, uh, no, I, was I, more I'm dramatic. Also, I'm also, I'm also laughing because me and Dominique were talking about this show and we were like, yeah, we should we do some NFL stuff? Maybe we get a hard 20 out of this. Are like, <laughs> no, we we're 20 like, minutes in already? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're close to it. Like, all right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll spit out this last story. Really. <laughs> no, 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 no. This I is will great. not spit this out the story. I will save the story. We can go to, to Nuke Hops Hopkins instead. Uh, the audience is going to be so mad at me if like you just teased Union Talk again and didn't do that. I'm not going to be the villain. I demand it. Not another word until we get the Union story. I'm trying to schedule some people in the future for a real in-depth union talk but this isn't some great union story it's just the when you're close to something you see it differently and you know like from a distance you might look at someone's relationship and be like oh it's a perfect relationship but you don't know what's actually going on inside or like i i would die to be married to idris alba i don't know whoever is Mm. the hot but then you get there you're like hey you know what he doesn't put the toilet seat down and there are annoyances that you weren't aware of. So like, I think that's part of my experience with the NFL is like from a distance. Yeah, I get it. I remember being a fan and honestly, I, I miss it. Like I hate when I am emotionally invested in a game. Normally it's because I've become invested in the story of a player and I do right. enjoy the feelings of the ups and downs. Like I really want this. I really want this first title for you, LeBron. Like I remember feeling that way and being so excited for him to get it. And that's on a smaller scale than if you are your life is your whole life has been connected to a team. And if your parents were connected to it and it's like some social civic identity, like I get all that. I understand why fans feel the way that they they feel and I don't judge them for that. But when you are in the machine and this is the conversation I was having about union stuff earlier was quarterbacks don't think they're like us until they are reminded that they are like us. And one of the challenges in collective bargaining is the divisions within uh, your own union and there are divisions on the other side too, but within your own union, there are divisions that you need to, every rule change is not going to impact everyone different the the same way. So they're going to impact differently so that you need to bring them together around something. And it was always pretty easy to bring most players together, even the top tier highest paid players and the rookies who are on minimum deals. It was pretty easy to bring them together. The one group that was always kind of challenging to bring into the fold was quarterbacks because they thought that they were closer to management and they were treated like they were closer to management. Quarterbacks were consulted on things. Quarterbacks uh, were largely, at least back then, were largely white and came from more financial means. And they felt like they were different. They, they are the quarterback of the team. They were the face of the franchise. And so it was funny to see it happen to different quarterbacks over the course of their career, because at some point they're reminded that they are us. No matter how well they treat you now. Kind of. I mean, they all are eventually, 
They all eventually. are eventually. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying People at some point with extra commas, usually. No, no, no. All the commas, all the money, all the celebration is fine. But I'm saying at some point they're reminded yeah. that they're one of us because their career ends. And then they're like, oh, and I remember when, um, you know, one of the most active quarterbacks, big high profile quarterbacks we had in the union was Drew Brees. That's because he was reminded that he was one of us early. They went and drafted Philip Rivers on his ass. And he was like, oh, they don't care about me. And Tom, uh, well, Tom Brady, it took him a while to realize, but eventually he was, he saw that Bill Belichick was like, nah, you're less, or at least he saw him as less productive and I don't really want to commit to you. And Peyton Manning, when his back got messed up, they couldn't wait to get Andrew Luck and get his ass out of town. How about, how about Peyton Manning? He literally retired because he couldn't find another team after his <laughs> noodle arm year. Yeah. And like, yeah, they'll celebrate you. They'll bring you back when you won a championship for him. If you don't win a championship for him, they'll let you f- fade into oblivion. But I guess um, that is always in the back of my mind. Not even those high profile cases, but like when I see guys who have uh, been injured and had their careers ended early. And I see like the, the, the brain injury stuff and all that. And I'm like, no, they don't really care about us. So it's frustrating. I think that's really at the core of it where it's like the deal that you are doing that you think is team friendly. Yes. I understand the incentive to do it, but I also am like, you know who you're helping out, right? <laughs> you know who's who's back you're really covering and Clark Hunt was one of the owners that I liked quite a bit he's a cool yeah. guy but it still feels like uh, a, a little bit of you you working for the wrong team a little bit but you it's it's so unique with him when you were someone who's who's your own brand yeah you're 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 partially working for the own your own team but it's also like it's a fucking incredible PR campaign for himself and that's a huge part of it. It's like the, the more popular, nobody the more cares. 15 jer- people care. Nobody cares. Brand ambassador, Patrick Mahomes, people care. Nobody cares. This, this, I think people will care if it leads to more success. I don't think that he's earned any points with, uh, with a fan base by taking a team-friendly deal. Totally disagree. Totally disagree. You know I think better I, than me. And I mean, just think about the, the discussion around Lamar Jackson this past year. He became legitimately polarizing in Baltimore and like amongst that fan base. Then he signed the deal and all the polarization evaporated. Let him unless win the Super Bowl. He, unless he's not good this year. Agreed. So you think if Patrick Mahomes stinks after signing a team-friendly deal, they're going to forgive him? No. All that matters is success. They will forgive all the ridiculous things you do or say, no matter how much money you make, it all gets forgiven. If you provide them what they are here for, some great memories, some great fun and the ability for an entire year to brag that you're Super Bowl champions. That's it. Yeah. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. So, speaking of Super Bowl champions, I assume that Nuke Hopkins uh, is going to be looking to join a Super Bowl contender now that he's been released by the Cardinals. I don't know how interesting that conversation is. I know Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were one of them that, that one of the names that came up. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a difference maker he'll be, uh, but I think the more interesting conversation is what the hell are the Cardinals trying to do? I am so fascinated by this. Like this is honestly like I know you probably hate this because this is going to be some all time tanking this year, but they're going to potentially have. It could break right that they could get the number one and number two pick in the draft and they could end up with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Or maybe draft two quarterbacks and just see which one's better of Caleb Williams and Drake May. And what happens if you trade Kyler Murray after this year, after he rehabs his ACL, you get a third top top of the first round picks. I'm sure you could get a first round pick for Kyler Murray. He does their contract for a long time. That is some all time 2 k We're literally 2 k the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, I hate tanking. And yes. Um, I'll explain it here again, because it's not about player safety or player health. Although like you, you should have those concerns. It's about an implicit understanding. And again, I'll be hesitant to use real world explanations because for some reason, the money blinds people to whatever, but the same way, how about this as it will use a football explanation or football example. If I show up, and I give you half effort as a player, you are going to say, no, thank you. That is not right. We have an understanding and agreement that you, I pay you this money for you to do your best. And I feel like the same thing should be true for teams as it is for the players is that when I sign that contract, it's not in writing, but, and it does not say in the contract, I'm gonna give a hundred percent all the time, but the implicit understanding is I'm gonna give you the best I got. And I assume that the implicit understanding from the other side is I'm going to do the best I can to help you succeed in your career. And it's frustrating to me because I know how hard it is to get there. I know how fickle uh, um, the careers can be. And I also know how dependent you are. And you know my story about how Mm -hmm. close I came to not getting to the second contract and then realizing that if I don't get to that second contract, I probably would have regretted chasing football as a career because I, I, I don't think I'd have been happy with where my life was. And so I guess that's what infuriates me about it is I know that on all of those rosters, there are players like that who are like, man, I got to have a good season. In order to have a good season, we got to have a good team. I got to do whatever. And there are players like that that are there who have the expectation. And then this team is like, you know what? We good. Let's think. Well, there's, there's, you can't argue against that one. Corner no, I think this is this is where your uh, goals as a player on the fringe of an NFL roster or looking for a second contract don't allow, align with the organization's goals of trying to win a Super Bowl. Yes, you're trying to do the best and perform you uh, to win games. But if I were to ask you, are the Cardinals in a better position to win a Super Bowl over the next five years without extra draft capital and with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, or are they in a better position? moving forward with Caleb Williams on a rookie contract to Marvin Harrison Jr. I 100% understand that and agree with you. They would be in a better position with those picks. But I would push back with the teams that are the most valuable and the most consistently successful 
are not teams that are built this way. Definitely. So, so if your goal is to have an incredibly valuable team, sustain success, and to win championships, I would argue that this is not the way to go about it either. Like I think that basketball and football, we've had this conversation a number of times, culture is so much more important in football, or at least not more important, important but I think it's so much so much more challenging to cultivate, develop, and and uh, to perpetuate in football than it is yes. in basketball. And absolutely, and I do think that there's no basketball, there's no football player that has the impact as we discussed earlier that a basketball player has had. Like, yeah, if you tank and you get LeBron James, oh yeah, you're all right. He is yeah. going to set the culture when he gets there, and he's also so talented, and the game is so reliant on him that. Everything else can work out around them. And, and he didn't win a championship in his first city either. But anyway, the point that I'm making Eventually. is, yeah, he had to go away and come back and learn how to build his own rosters because they weren't doing it there because they had an atrocious culture that just perpetually burped uh, lottery picks. Yeah. That GM was. Yeah. So, I, we don't need to those first seven years. That could be another podcast in the summer. <laughs> exactly. So. That's my point. When you look at what the Ravens have been, when you look at what the Steelers have been, when you look at what the Patriots have been, the Chiefs, the Eagles, all these teams that you want to be, these teams ain't out here stinking on purpose. They are building a culture, developing a culture, perpetuating a culture that uh, maximizes your chance of success and going out there and be like, you know what, let's let's poop down our legs so we can get one player. Nah. Counterpoint to that is like, was the culture in Arizona been that good with Kyler Murray where everyone seems miserable most no. of the time anyway? No, 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 no. And I, I wouldn't blame Kyler Murray for the culture. Culture has been garbage. They brought in Rosen and got rid of him Kyler Mur- for Kyler Murray. That wasn't it. They had Steve Wilkes as the head coach for one week. That wasn't him. That wasn't Kyler Murray's fault. They had Steve Keim uh, as a g- general manager making questionable decisions on in or in and out of his office and in his car. That wasn't Kyler Murray. That that's the the culture there is is them and Tyler Kyler came in and the hope is when you take the time to build and perpetuate and develop uh, a winning culture that when you draft a quarterback like Kyler Murray, he gets there and he assimilates to the culture, but they have a garbage. I guess he did did assimilate to the garbage culture. Exactly. They had a garbage (laughs) culture there. No blame for Kyler. No, 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 no. I can, I can blame Kyler too. It's fine. You can blame them all, but they, they draft him there to a place that is cultureless, or I guess you can't be cultureless, has a losing stink pot ass culture. And then of course he, he's a young kid who apparently has some video game proclivities (laughs) as if that's the worst thing in the world, but maybe it's implied that doesn't love the game so much. Yeah. When you get to a place where they don't have expectations of you, yeah, it's reasonable that a 22-year-old kid is going to make some bad decisions and mess up his career. So, yeah, you can blame him for that, that he wasn't able to come in there at 20 years old or 22 years old and fix the whole culture of an organization that's been middling since Wizen Hunt. No, not Wizen Hunt. I guess it was Bruce Arians coaching it. Like, So, anyway, so don't blame so the my players, question. So, I'm saying if if – Let's just say, imagine they had the first overall pick a different year and it had been Joe Burrow instead of Kyler Murray. You think the culture would be the same there? 
Um, yeah. I mean, I and don't he know. Have, he would have, I, he would have had like the, it would have been the same meandering career path. Cause I think a lot of it is just like Kyler independent. Like he was going to do this anyway. Possibly. I don't know. It's no way for us to find out, but I know that the way to maximize what you get out of a player is not to, not to just have a trash organization. And like I, Arizona was like in that NFLPA survey about what it's like to play for a team. Arizona was amongst the worst for the services they provide for their players. Like if they don't care, they don't care. And the only the thing Washington's ever won being the worst <laughs> organization imaginable. Yeah. Yep. Talk about culture. So I, I don't know, like maybe Joe Burrow is is magical because he did go to Cincinnati. But Cincinnati has been like they haven't been bad. Uh, they were bad when he got there, but like they've had long stretches of um, respectability. But it's possible that Joe Burrow is. Is the one guy who is magical that can go in and fix a culture. But then what are you looking for? Then you're just well, the, the reason I'm saying that is because you're that's like what we're seeing. I mean, look. Maybe it's just maybe that's too much pressure to put on Caleb Williams. So we're looking at someone who's like a Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence level college quarterback, but he's from he's just so much more modern. It seems like he's like yeah. the first guy who's come around and who plays like Patrick Mahomes. And then you pair that with literally the best receiving prospect, probably since Randy Moss, like ahead of Calvin Johnson. It's like, I don't know. Those are risks you can take if you actually think you could acquire those picks okay. based on what you've done. Yeah, I mean that's fine. That that could be your strategy. As if they end up with the third and fourth pick, though, this is going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> it will be funny, but I mean that could be a strategy for team building. Uh, for you, it just feels like waiting around for a savior seems like a bad strategy. Like you build, you build, you build, you build, you build it the right way, and hopefully it works out at some point. Uh, what you are doing is like the it's. T- or what you're arguing for is tantamount to playing the lottery rather than getting a job. Like, you know what? I ain't going to work. I just keep playing these numbers. That's right. They're going to hit one of these days. Like, no work. And you can play the numbers on the side. I We're guess. just hoping that this is, that this turns out to be Ben Sim- or LeBron James and not Ben Simmons. That's the, that's the goal <laughs> exactly. of this. Uh, trust the process. All right, Charlie, you're right. I, I was not expecting this to work out as well as it, as it has, but it did anyway. You know what? I'm going to get rid of this screen and welcome my wife in for Roses and Thorns. See you, Charlie. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. Three, two, one. You didn't laugh this time. I did not laugh. All right. Well. I've been laughing for like the last 15 minutes, so I think I've gotten all my giggles out. Yeah. <sighs> Time for my favorite segment with my oh, favorite person, Rosen and Thorns, and my wife, Ashley Foxworth. I think you guys are in for a special episode today because Ashley has started our date. Tonight is date night, and Tonight's we decided because of the holiday weekend, we decided to record this on Friday. And so we're going from here to on a date, and Ashley met me here, and she already started a date without me. So <laughs> you guys are going to get a much more fun version of I Ashley. I also have been parenting so hard the last couple hours. So, you know, Avery is super cool. Our middle schooler is headed out 
there's a babysitter at our house, but she has a friend over and they're going on a CVS date. So she had to do chores to earn money oh, okay. to go to CVS. So there's a CVS in our neighborhood that's really close and they're walking to. Um, so she's, I, I'm like a, a stalker though, even though I have like the following her. So only she has a phone so I can follow her on it basically. Um, but I'm like, and text me when your friends get there and text me when you start walking. Tell Janiyah to text me too. That's the babysitter. Um, so I might be getting a lot of texts. I'm like, text me every block. So She'll every block fine. my phone She's might light smart. up. She'll take care um, of But yes, date night. Um, today, like some days, the last couple days have felt like long and hard in some ways and like sad, like and stuff that's been going on for me or for people I know. But like when you sit with my wife, Ashley, my favorite person, I'm like, I get to start my day with you, like wake up with you. I get to like end my day with you. It is such a joy. Thank you for that joy. You're welcome. Even when stuff in the world is hard, you're here. So thank you for that. Beautiful. I mean, I'm glad I can be a placeholder for Jalen Hurts. Um, I was meaning actually to look up <laughs> some Jalen Hurts facts because I feel like every day I should share with the world something new about our friend Jalen. Um, I don't have any new facts. I do appreciate this is like not There's only one knowledge. fact about Jalen Hurts that matters. Sexy. That's all. I'm not vain, no, and he's also a feminist. Okay, well, the first fact. <laughs> the, no, the I one, love that the, he's a feminist. The you one know what? Lamar makes... is a feminist. Is Lamar's mom his agent, or is just Lamar's mom is his mom and he has no representation? Well, I don't believe that he has an official agent. I don't think that he lists his mom as his agent, but I think oh, okay. that, I mean, you can. Uh, other players have had parents okay. or on well, He uncles might be a feminist stuff. too. But um, yeah, I think she's like his. When I was writing about him, she was who we had to reach out to to get denied uh, an interview. So I think she was running <laughs> oh, his. He didn't um, want to talk to you. I'm sorry. He didn't want to talk to anybody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm over it. Um, but so, Jalen Hurts has like all these women around him. So that's yeah, cool. It's, so it's not just that he's sexy. He's a feminist. And he has a master's. There's lots of ugly feminists out there. Whose with master's? Name, probably. I think most uh, people with master's are not nearly as He has as really good lip Hurts. hygiene. He takes very good care of his lips. A and good so lip care so. maintenance routine. I might own a lot more Carmex than I used to two months ago because I heard that's what he used and I said, Well, I need to start using it too. <laughs> and I was how trying endorsements work. I was trying to pad a, a Instacart order when we were in Miami from five below and I hadn't reached the minimum. Like when I was ordering dumbass I mean, excuse me, oh gosh. When I was ordering beach toys for the kids and yes. I was like paying all these fees to get the beach toys delivered to the hotel and I said, Well, I could just order a bunch of Carmex. Um because <laughs> that's what Jay and he says you have to use both, like the wax one and the like jelly one. So I ordered both. Nah, you just got to be good at football. Honestly, it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we were talking about the restaurant we're going to. It's one of your favorite restaurants in the city. Uh, we can only go to places that are in a certain radius. Because I have motion sickness in our house. I mean, a radius of our house, and this is the furthest most that we go normally it's not very far everyone from our house it's about but, 12 minutes yeah but it's the furthest <laughs> we'll go and we live that's in a true that's we live in true. a in a major city so like there's lots of nice restaurants yeah. between us and i'm there. sure i go somewhere farther i used to love going to rumi's kitchen yeah oh we did used to go to rumi's yeah, kitchen that was further but this persian restaurant has great drinks yeah, okay and food that's the fish tastes like it's injected with butter <laughs> but I was bringing it up because I brought a change of shoes with me because I know, I mean, I normally don't really respect their dress code, but I know that you really like this restaurant. So I was like, all right, I'm going to change into some non-tennis shoes. Because but Dominique always, goes all the time and always wears tennis shoes, and he's like, they've never said anything. But they say when you make a reservation, remember our dress code, know this, no, I mean, that, that's because that I, I, I know what a dress code is. 
I mean, dress code is never about a dress code. It's about finding a way to be able to, to say no to people. To who say no to people to that you don't want in your very popular fancy restaurant. So, like, my assumption is I'm not one of those people. So I wear my shoes and they do whatever they want. But I brought a change of shoes today because I was like, all right, I don't. Why would you assume you're not one of those people? Well, if I am, then I don't want to eat that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like when it comes down to. I was just curious. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew. I, get it. I, get I knew it. that this week has been hard, and I was like, you know what would really suck? As she's excited to go on a steak, go to a restaurant, really suck if I show up, um, and I brought a change of shirt and I brought a change of shoes. It'd be really bad if we don't get there. change. I love your let your soul go shirt. And I was like, it'd be really sad if I get there and then they turn us away because I wanted there to ignore the dress code. There are also a ton of code. restaurants on the block. Like I know, we would be fine. I, we wouldn't starve. No, but I, also, I understand. Oh, I appreciate. Now, it. No, no, no. No, I'm grateful. I know you. Look, I'm. Cargo pants. Not, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on. I'm not saying that you wouldn't be okay with it, but I know that if I can I would avoid it, go there. yeah. So why not avoid it? So I just find it amusing that you showed up with a t-shirt on that says "the butt" on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you also ascribe to the same thing that I believe is that the dress code is only so that they can tell people that they don't want in, that they can't come in because you would not wear a shirt that says the butt on it if you are concerned Listen, about complying with a dress code. It does not say anything about what language can be on your shirts. But you know what I did find out? They've updated their dress code before they used to say no shorts, which is like some women wear shorts and they're sexy. Some men do too. I was there with my hairdresser one day, one of my best friends, Roger, and he was he got there first and they saw his shorts and I made the reservation and so first they were like y'all can't eat here but then I go there enough so they're like okay you can but they like set us in like the back um but he looked good in his shorts but like they were shorts and they were like well this is against our dress code also it was winter so his shorts really stood out um he loves wearing shorts all <laughs> they year still round. let him in now. um well yeah but they were like y'all gotta go to the back but like the back fills up it wasn't like we were alone back there um but he told me he was like I went back there the other day and now and it's true like when I called they did have this different it's like now you can wear shorts if they're not athletic shorts or beach shorts like there's no effing beach here like people aren't showing up in like beach wear as, as if we're like in Miami or you know on a shore somewhere um but they said cargo shorts but he said he he went there last week and he was in cargo pants and they wouldn't let him in. So I was like, well, at this point, this is what I'm wearing. So like we're going to deal with this. But then I was like, but I'll be really after I was like grumpy. And after like my day continued to kind of go downhill, I was like, I'll be really sad if they don't let me in. So I do have a jean skirt with me if I have to change into it. But my shirt, it says the butt and it's fine. I hope that some people out there know what it is. I love like concert tees or like music tees. And I found this vintage one. It's an old EU one. Um, which is like an old yeah, go-go I think band. That most of people who listen to this show are probably not from DC, so saying okay. EU or saying go-go probably doesn't mean anything to anyone. Okay, I think EU might have stamped for Experience Unlimited, but I'm not sure. No, I don't think you need but to explain. But it's an old go-go band. DC music is a unique style. But the song was actually really popular because it was in School Days, which is a Spike Lee movie. Back when I was like really, so it's like so and so Linda got a big old but Oh yeah, I mean anyway. So I was so excited because I'm always wearing concert tees, typically only with like artists that I. I know a little bit of their music or like like I I've seen some really cute Grateful Dead tees because they have like the colorful rainbow yeah. teddy bears and like I love the way theirs look but I'm like I couldn't tell you one single Grateful Dead song and I kind of like wearing like you buy the kids um these concert tees too and I quiz them when they have the tees on because I think it's kind of absurd for people to wear those tees if they they're just cute yeah I know so I mean they need to know one song yeah yeah no, you need I agree. to know uh, I agree. one song Avery had a Jimi Hendrix one on and I was like all right 
Let's listen to some Jimi yes. Hendrix so you could at least yes. know. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have a Jimi Hendrix one, too. And when I got it, I just really liked the colors. And I had some shoes <laughs> that I could walk in, some heels that I could walk in. They were these neon green things. And it had neon green in it. And I was like, oh, these would match some shoes so well. I got to get this. But then I was like, OK, let me listen to some Jimi Hendrix real quick. And every time before I wear, I'm like, what's that one I liked again? <laughs> no, Haze. Um, but that's the one Purple. where. But you know what I did? I bought one for the first time. So I don't want to sound like Yay. racist. Or anti-racist. I don't know what it is. I'll sound. I know. I'll sound anti-racist. This is anti-racist. If you ask oh, me. Gosh. I'm glad this is recorded. <laughs> we can edit this out. Get ready, Adi. Get ready with the clippy fingers. I only like to wear shirts that have black people on them, typically. Uh-huh. Like, which I think is fair. Like, I grew up when I, I would wear there. shirts. That's one. That, that is the the lone example of black privilege is that we get to say things like that. Yeah. White, pe- white people can't say I only wear clothes with white people. On and it. like, I couldn't for they get to run when the I was world, a though. kid, like <laughs> a Brock had eight years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I know but he was still constrained um, by yeah, the expectations. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, know, I have country. a comment on that in a second. It's actually not at all about that, but it's made me think of that made me think yay, of that. Yay, so yay. that was my one thing but i was wrong. at abercrombie recently um uh-huh. which um actually or i don't know if they if they dropped the Fitch. but i was there that's where my cargo pants came from in fact nice. um doing a read because i got my daughter the same cargo pants without the camo in green and they were too big so exchanging her cargo pants and um also they're called the 2000s cargo pants because like they literally have the exact same cargo pants in the 2000s back when i used to work there and like wear a lot of it so when they came back out with them i was like oh my god i have to buy you them. bought me some like Basquiat shirts from Amber Crabby and Fitch, yeah. and I was like very weirded out by it. I was like, "What are we doing? Why is Amber Crabby Fitch selling they Basquiat have, like, shirts?" A lot of licenses. They have a lot of cool licenses now. Um, no, I know, especially given the history. So back when Abercrombie, like I used to always get things in the mail, like class action suit, like former Abercrombie <laughs> employees. They didn't hire yeah. Black and like they always hired me. I would work there for two weeks, get all my stuff on discount, quit, and then pop back in. Like, hey y'all, I'm back. Um, give me that like initial when you first start working you get like 60% off and then later you only get 30% off so I'm like I was, so anyway I always felt bad I never signed up for the class action suit because I was like I don't deserve this I got hired a lot in fact even though I'm black but um but anyway it has an interesting history but Abercrombie had a really cute Elton John shirt and I know a couple El- Elton John songs so I didn't feel like a total fraud Benny in the Jets you know what that song is about about I don't know what it's about Benny is Benjamin Franklin a hundred dollar bill that you roll up so you can participate okay. in the jets, the okay. the jet line. Didn't know that. It was but a very listen, popular song. The shirt had black pink people. glitter. It was like it the was... first crossover song for Elton John. Um, the shirt had pink glitter and You're hearts not on it. Interested in my music history? And so, not really. You're interested in pink, pink glitter and purple hearts. You, you bought no, me a shirt. No, it wasn't purple. It was all pink. You bought glitter. me a shirt this week that I guess I'm aware at some point. Oh my god, it's so cute. It's not. It's so cute. It's from Gap. They have a Barbie collection. And it says, you know how like the Gap shirts, like the three letters G-A-P, like and it has this, their font. It's their font. And like the letters are spread like that. But it says Ken in pink letters with like a lighter pink outline because Barbie and Ken. Well, I feel like Ken is not. What is it? Yeah, I don't know if it's a compliment. But it just feels like I get to be Barbie and he's my he's. Partner. I know, but you don't have a matching Barbie shirt. Well, they didn't sell the Barbie shirt. I have a whole lot of cute pink dresses, though. I know. So. Oh, so that's that's the vision that you had when you bought it. it was like you're gonna wear a pink, cute pink dress. I honestly dress. didn't think you would participate in my vision, so like, but I you bought it anyway because I thought it was so cute. Okay. And like you have a lot of tennis shoes with pink on them. I do. Them. I love pink. I think that our jersey should be pink for our football team that you're generally managing and I'm yes. coaching. Yes. Oh, they will. And Dominique's come up with an animal that's it's gonna it works oh, out. He it, loves this weird animal because he heard it. They know like, about cool. it because it was my um it was my off top on Monday I think axolotls. Yeah. 
And guess what? It actually works out that they're white and pink, and I love pink. And so I'm making the kids' jerseys. I I hope to have some pink. I don't think I'm going to make the team the axolotl stuff. Oh, really? Why not? I mean, because it's the kids' team. It's not just what I want the team to be. It's cool and quirky. I like it. I think it's cool and quirky, but maybe they don't want to be cool and quirky. Maybe they want to be tough. I was thinking that it was just as soft a name as possible would make me really happy. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, even like Maryland, the Terps, I'm always like, I yeah. love you, Terps, but yeah, who are we intimidating here? An unusual um, okay, what the Barack Obama running things but not fully running things thing made me think of. So my son, he likes to just say stuff to infuriate me. Mm. And as y'all know, and I still haven't seen it because I'm waiting till tomorrow to like kill time over the weekend, even though it started showing last night. For It's Friday. We're recording this early. Um I want to see The Little Mermaid. And Declan, my son, I was like, oh, Declan, I got enough tickets for you and Daddy to go, but you have a haircut right before. If you don't want to go, you guys are getting your haircut. If you don't want to go, that's fine. I can find other people to give these two tickets to. And he said, why are people so excited about this? And I said, I mean, for me, it's like nostalgic. You know, when I was a little kid, I loved, like, this was my favorite Disney movie, this and Aladdin. And so in Aladdin, obviously she was brown, but like in The Little Mermaid, like, and I think Little Mermaid came out before Aladdin, but I'm not sure. So like, I hadn't gotten my brown princess yet, but don't quote me on that, but I think so. But um, in The Little Mermaid, um, like, I love that movie, but like, and I wanted to look like her and be like her. And I didn't even think it would be so cool if she were black because that just wasn't even like in the realm of possibility for us as mm-hmm. kids like there just wasn't that type of representation so I'm like so you don't I really identify with this because like fortunately for you guys growing up yeah like there could be more representation but like there's enough of it mommy can find you t-shirts with brown people on them um like Zara often has a lot of good ones with little black girls on the plane and the way that you would see a t-shirt with little black white girls on a plane the way that I've seen that my whole life Zara you can find little black girls in Target more and more places um but like you see movies where even if the character, the main character isn't always black, there's like a more black friends and stuff. Right. But I'm like, but for me, it was like, I love this redhead mermaid and like didn't even think like I wish she could look like me because that wasn't a possibility. But like now it's so cool that they're making this movie with a mermaid who looks like me. So we were playing the soundtrack. This is yesterday, the day before. And this little boy says to me good job um, I'm an edited track. Um, this little boy says to me, I mean, no offense, mom. I get she's black and all. That's cool. But the first Little Mermaid sounded better. <laughs> and you know what? And I was talking to Roger, he my hairdresser today. He was. He said, no, I mean, for real. Like, that's great that she's black. But like, I've heard. I was like, well, that's just because that's the way you're used to hearing the song. Like, you're not used to hearing this other version. But she and she does have like a sweet, soft voice. And it's sung. But I know she can be more. And I was like, I wonder if they were like, tame, you're powerful. Like, you can't be too like. Like, because it is. And Roger was saying, he was like, I loved it. Roger he told me he was like as a little gay boy growing up like he was like this like and he knows every word so he was like literally mad that certain quotes from the original Little Mermaid were out of it he was like I just like wanted to be part of this other world he's like I really really identify with this and in some ways when I hear Halle Bailey's version of part of your world I'm like we're part of this mermaid world now black people yes <laughs> oh like like it's taken on some other meaning but apparently for Roger he feels like it always had this additional meaning um it's the origin story about um the transatlantic slave trade that they threw people over and they became mermaids rather than dying probably not because remember um, not all of her sisters are even black so I think I it's one of trying, these like I was trying to do my best Declan no to racial, make like to stress to me your, out your yes and, and you wonder where Declan gets it from guys like Declan yeah, is yeah. him um, but so yeah, Roger was Ow. like, I mean, that one, that one part they keep playing in the commercials, that's the best part. But he said Disney. This shout is out to Disney. so. This is the Roger episode. I would like to say this one thing though about you and how much we're talking about Roger. I suggest that you give him top billing 
the proper top billing because you always say Roger, my hairdresser, and then eventually say he's one of my best friends. I think he should be Roger, one of my best friends. Who also does my hair. Or but you just he leave the hairdresser thing life. out all the he time. He came into my life. Well, because I'm like thanking him. Like my hair looks so much better than oh, normal. Oh, so like, this is like Roger um, advertising? I mean, not really because he doesn't, but, but like... He came into first he was my hairdresser. So he was like my friend's cousin. And I always would see him be like, he seems cool. Like literally one time at a party at Christina and DeQuell's, he had like a huge snake, a boa constrictor with him at the party and wrapped around. No, but I was like, I like snakes. I don't. But I was like, who is this crazy cool guy? Like, I like him. I wish I were friends with him. Um, He's just like, and he just has like this effervescent personality. Um, Yeah, it's great. Um, And like, he just like, you know how you hear people say more and more, our kids go to a Quaker school. So that's probably why um, I hear it even more now. But even outside of their school community, like you hear people say like someone is just full of light or like brings, I feel like he's just a light, like he just lights the world up. Um, Now I got to worry about Roger and Jalen Hurts. They're in trouble. (laughs) Roger Roger does not want me. Oh my God, I'm sure he would. May not be his type. I'm J- sorry. Jalen Hurts is everybody's like, <laughs> I find him a kind of attractive crazy. myself. Yeah. And like, you don't cr- even like men. He's I beautiful. Mean, you don't know what I'm into? Um, okay, let's find out. Um, <laughs> please, I'm joking. I don't want to find out. <laughs> I do not want to find oh, out. Gosh. Um, but so, and there's nothing wrong with if he likes men, except I for mean, the, there is one thing wrong with <laughs> it. Is that I'm that married to you. Me this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, I'm married to you would be, there'd be something but wrong no, with it. But that. you could like both. Like, you could, oh, yeah, yeah that would be fine. I just would be like, wow, you never told me that thing about you before um you sound so progressive nice job you, you, you made the people who are watching are not gonna they're not gonna be able to see through this ruse that you are actually what ruse? okay um so will you make me forget what i was even talking about i'm sorry <laughs> anyway um Okay, thinking of anyway, Roger being at these parties reminds me. I've seen so many memes this week. It's like, you know how sometimes when you say things out loud or have conversations, um, like your phone like picks up and like shows you ads and stuff about the stuff you're talking about. They say about. that's not true, but I know what you're it talking about. It is 100% true, guys. Um, like literally sometimes I want to find an ad, so I start describing something and then like two seconds later, Instagram shows me the ad I'm looking for. I think people say that it's just Mm-mm. that no. you your behavior no. is consistent with someone no. who would be, okay, I believe you. I'm with you. We'll I do don't trust. I don't we'll trust, do to dinner. I don't trust these big companies either. I'm with you. They did yeah. it. Um, but so, but it's not even that. It's like my friends, like my real friends posting like these memes so many memes about like introverts <laughs> being partnered oh, yeah. with extroverts that's probably but still, i know why that happened it wasn't because it's because i sent you that no but i'm video, saying it's my right? friends posting like a lot of things I've oh. sent you. one thing was an ad but twice i've had like friends of mine post like things on their stories and i've screenshot it to you but th- so dominique sent me a video yeah we can show it? it we could probably show it i don't need to describe it we okay. can show it and they can edit this out and then we can talk about it like we just saw it okay so the video is pretty funny. It's happening now. Here it goes. We're going to the Johnson's house for game night. And I know you can do this. I know you don't want to, but I believe in you. You are a hero. So when people say hello to you, what do you say back? Hi. Yes, you say hi. You can say hi. Guess what your face can do when you say hi? Huh? You're the kid because you got a pretty smile. And you got pretty white teeth. Show me the pretty white teeth. Now say hello with a smile. Yes, you did that. When the men want to talk to you, it's okay to talk about sports. Because what sport do you love? Uh-huh. Come on, what sport? Basketball. Yeah, you love basketball. What team do you like, huh? You like the Lakers and LeBron, and you don't like Steph Curry? You can say stuff about Steph Curry. Get people riled up. You know what they're going to ask you? 
Did you play basketball? Huh? Yeah. Yes, you do play basketball. You could tell them about your knee injury. Everybody there's over 40, so everyone has an injury. You could tell them about your herniated disc. <gasps> I bet you at least three other men have herniated disc, and y'all could talk about your war stories. You can make friends. It's okay to make friends. Now let's practice your smile. Let me see it. Let me see it. You can do it. Let me see. Make it bigger. Make it bigger. Come on, make it happy. Not dangerous, make it happy. I'll help you. Here you go. Oh, you look so pretty. He's a pretty boy. Let's go, okay? <laughs> Boom, and we're back. What do you have to say about it? I relate to this so much. <laughs> like, but the problem is she was better than me and she gave like a good pep talk. Bef and I'll blame this on the fact that I have anxiety, maybe. Like, before we would go into social things, like like my our friends, Christine and Dequel, before they had kids later, they met at our wedding. So their kids are younger than ours. And I was pregnant at our wedding. I was three months pregnant. Um, so we had a head start on our family. Um, Christine and Dequel, like, met and started dating after that. So their oldest child now is, like, four. Um, and so... Um, they were like the fun couple. Like we would like leave our kids and come to like house parties at there. They had a cool condo downtown. You thought they were the fun couple. I mean, fun is in what object, what most people would describe as fun, like right, having yeah, yeah. house parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like, I mean, we had house parties too, I guess. No, no, I'm like, just, I'm saying that the, the idea of what that they were doing was fun to you. Oh, yes, <laughs> Not yes, to me. yes, yes. But the thing is, Dequel is his best friend and Christina is my friend. So it was never like normal for us to be like, you know what? I'll just go to their events and you say, so I only got like, one friend. He's one of, just friends. like Roger is one of your best friends. Dequel is one of my best friends. I have friends. How many friends do you have? Count them. Count them right now. Uh, I have a friend in Jesus. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, Even fair. Jesus isn't his friend, guys. <laughs> Jesus is my Even friend, Jesus baby. Jesus is not his friend. Jesus is everybody's um, friend. Oh, his eyes on the sparrow, so it's also on you, but his <laughs> eyes on you. That don't mean he's your friend. Um, but so we used to go to parties at their house and I feel like this is where it would always occur. Probably because like they were the only parties that we went to together as a couple. But like I used to always going into parties at their house and certainly coming out of them like feel like anxious like this boy's going to go. I keep, I'm an edited track. This man is going to go there. Now you can't say the word that you were actually thinking. I say it all the time. Here they have to deal <laughs> no, with but it. you would say it here. Oh, I do all the time and they have oh, to take do? it out. Maybe. But I'm trying to do better, right? Um, and so... I would have so much like stress in me, which probably exacerbated the situation because like we're getting ready to get an Uber or drive over there or whatever. And I'm just like, he's about to start being rude to people. He's about to start like not talking. He's going to get awkward. He's going to start pressuring me to leave. He's going to start doing his little finger thing when he's telling me to leave after like five minutes. Um, and then he's going to make, I'm just going to get an Uber without you, which is kind of now I'm like, okay, that would have been pretty reasonable. It's just let him go home. But like, I'd be like, that's weird. We came together. We're going to leave together. Um, and then of course, like it would go just as I thought it would. And then I'd be over it. But now I think I've finally come to understand and like, I wouldn't say appreciate, <laughs> but understand and respect that like those social situations for you are just so draining. One of the ads I saw was like a little a little button where you could show it was like my social battery. <laughs> so you could wear it, you could put it at where you were so people knew not to approach you. But I'll say you're also better because in the past, like I feel like I don't drain you in the way that I used to. Like sometimes yeah, like you're better about leaving me alone. Really? Am I? Um, I think so. Even with like the kids being more whatever? 
I don't know, but anyway, yeah. Let's yeah, talk about so me being better. I think you're better. Like, like, because yeah, before I, I used work to, at it. Yeah, well, I'm really proud of your progress, and and I'm better. I think at some things alone, come like natural. I think some things come naturally to different people, and and I, um, that's not something that comes naturally to me, and it comes naturally to you. So you look up, and you're like, all you have to do is be yourself. And for me, it's like, no, I don't have to be myself. Like I have to f- freaking try, and like it, it would be tantamount to me like taking you out to like run some routes and like oh i don't even know what a why, route is guys why can't you stay up on your feet why can't you catch the ball it's like cry. you have not worked I at it cry. and so like i've worked at it um because that is what being a husband is it's always also like being a member of society being, is like you have to and being a, a somebody who works here you have to like work with people so it's not just for me oh no yeah it's just for you <laughs> oh thank you honey yeah i mean i've been pretty successful yeah, how I did guess. it work how did it go on like no, it's, teams not, it's that, with it's teammates? that your, so it's I'm not like you Jamil make it seem said like you're a grumpy jerk. It was yeah. funny. So like people just know that's who you are. Okay, yeah. never mind. It's like family. Like you know you're concerned about my introversion and how it was a problem wasn't as much about how I existed in our family. It's more about me embarrassing you because I treat everybody He's like always shit. Always embarrassing me. People right. be like you're people like Ashley's married. Ashley's husband's so mean. Like, but I'm I'm not like I love he's tremendously not. He kind so nice. to you and to people and like strangers. But I just yeah. don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. And like I was and I guess so maybe I've gotten better too because I don't care Perfect. as you much. You can't get any better. Well, thank you, honey. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> Um I don't care as much about people think I'm like married to a jerk, but also it does matter to me like like and that's something like that I'm working on with her son. Like like you want to be kind, like to make people to leave people feeling good. Like like and not in a phony way, but like that's just that's something and you're right, it's something that's important to me, it's not something that's important to you. Um I think like, it's also like I've been uh, better at just being straightforward with people rather than like trying to put on a performance. It's like, all right, now I'm going to be interested in them. I uh, just like people I found a lot more comfortable. If you're like, I'm introvert. This is wearing me out. And sometimes they'll be like, I'm tired too. Or we'll have a laugh about it. You just talk about whatever's in your head at this time. You spit it out and hopefully you don't offend anybody. I think we gone way over time, but whatever. Oh, really? I haven't even noticed. I'll end on this, which you can delete. It's just something I meant to tell you. I was talking to Declan and Emmy earlier in the car, and I was like, "Huh?" Our youngest too. I was. Yeah, yeah. Emmy. Yeah, I was driving. We were driving to pick up the oldest one, and I said, "So they're like ten and seven, so like they know proper English at this point." And I said, "Um, I began my day like this, and I end my day." And I couldn't figure out why I said so end it. But it's because sent and send. So I would say it like I ended ended it. And like it took me like a second. I was like, what is the right version of this? And they were just like, Mom, what are you like they couldn't figure out with the context clues? And I was like, it like oh, end it. Um anyway, that's all. So we're going to end this now. Yeah, that reminds me. Without a T. Another great story, but I will not prolong anyone. The thing about if you understand it. No, not that one. That's a that's a great one. I was going to say, because in that case, they didn't understand. Yeah, that's my great Fabian line. It's another one. It's another story that I'm sure you've heard and I won't waste your time with. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Addy. Thank you, Podville. Uh, and thank you, Ashley. Let's go have a date. What? This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.